0: Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on one of the various podcast apps, whether it's Spotify, Podbean, iTunes. Been having some difficulty with some of late. So if you struggle with one, Certainly download us on another also make sure you check us out on dash radio. We're there every day at 7 PM download dash radio app for free and search for nothing, but the net, not the nothing, but net channel. Also five reasons, sports.com. As we speak, Brady Hawk is putting up his latest takeaways, but we got more than that. Austin Robillard on inner Miami, David Fernandez on the Marlins and more also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. You got to check out bestever.com. Make sure you do it now. They got the NFL stuff on there. It's actually BSTEVR.com. com. This is a new sports simulator that is partnered with the Five Reasons Sports Network. They run all kinds of simulations there, and you can do it too. Right now, again, they're doing all the NFL ones. We just actually ran a simulation. What if Ryan Fitzpatrick had been with the Patriots last year instead of with the Dolphins cuz he's an option to join the Patriots this year. You can simulate anything. You can simulate the 72 Dolphins against the 80s 49ers teams. You could simulate what would have happened if Tom Brady had been with Kansas City in the Super Bowl and Mahomes had been with Tampa. Just like I said, just about anything you can do there and it's free. Just sign up, play, and settle arguments and you're going to be able to do this with the NBA as well, which you know is going to be a lot of fun and we're going to run those simulations on our YouTube channel, talk about them on the podcast and do them on the website. So just go sign up today. Again, it's BST Nobody else is doing this. They've partnered with five reasons sports. Definitely something that you should check out. And now tonight's episode. One two three four five on
1: the floor.
0: Welcome to five on the floor. A
2: daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Silvander. Part of the 5 Reasons
0: Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. We come to you just about the time that the buzzer is going to sound. Um, the Miami Heat with a big win tonight, 116-108. to 108. Yes, they just barely went over, so my, my bookie play didn't play out. But 116-108 to 108 tonight. They do it with a great second quarter tonight, 34-21 in the second quarter. We're able to hold on in the second half. Toronto tied the game in the third quarter. Miami pulled away again. The big stories tonight, there are a bunch of them. Okay. Jimmy Butler tonight, 27. 8 and 10 with three steals and just two turnovers. Bam Adebayo 19, 12, and 4 with a steal and a block. Duncan Robinson made four out of nine threes, 17 points. Goran Dragic in his return didn't shoot particularly well, but did score 15 with three assists. They got 12 points from Iguadalo off the bench, 11 points from Gabe Vincent off the bench. Try to ignore the 0 for 5 from Kelly Olynyk from three, but Ken- Kendrick Nunn with seven assists. So contributions up and down the roster. They overcame the barrage from Lowry and Van Vliet, Van Vliet with 24 Lowry, also with 24 plus seven and eight in his return to the Raptors, a little bit of an audition for the heat there. That's the way somebody put it to me tonight, but here's the basic theme. Uh, To me, there are two themes tonight guys. Okay. And I got Alex Toledo tonight's floor plan. Alex Toledo can follow him at tropical blanket and Greg Sylvander You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. To me, there's really two themes tonight. The first theme is, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo made it known to people around them. I heard about this a lot over the past 24 hours that they were pissed off about the heat, not having an all-star. We talked about the possible benefit of this tonight. They both played like all-stars. The second thing here, and I think this is the bigger theme going forward, the Miami heat who are now by the way, tied with the Boston Celtics in the standings, the Miami heat, can become the team that nobody else wants to play. And for me over the last, and the schedule just came out today, we talked about it on our YouTube feed. They got 41 games left after tonight. They can become the team that nobody wants to deal with the rest of the season. When they got their two all-stars playing like this, they've got Goran Dragic scoring the way he did no Tyler hero tonight, but they got enough from everybody else. Greg, that's where I start tonight.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is the team finally getting back to an identity and that is one of better defense, of taking care of the ball, uh, the ball movement. I mean, when you talk about 31 assists on 37 made field goals, that's exactly what you're looking for from the Heat. So they're starting to get to some of the hallmark stuff that you want to see from a Miami Heat offense and defense. Uh, it, it, to withstand that barrage of three-point shooting, 20-44 of Toronto was, 40, almost 46%. Those guys were unconscious from three to survive that kind of thing. That was what um, earlier this season, if a team shot like that, the Heat just looked dejected. They had no answers, and this was a team that found ways to combat that. And really, to me, even throughout the ebbs and flows of the game when um, Toronto made it closer, uh, I felt like the Heat was in control from almost start to finish. That's the vibe that I got as I watched, and that's not something that I felt a lot this season, so that tells me that the team's heading in the right direction.
0: Alex, they gave up a ton of threes, obviously, and that's been a problem this season but i still feel like they played an excellent defensive game especially when they had to they had ball pressure when they needed to have it they forced turnovers when they needed to force them and then I, they looked more comfortable in transition offensively than i've seen them the entire season so i i thought on both ends they haven't had a whole bunch of games where they put it together on both ends against a good team i felt like they did that tonight
2: completely agree with both of you guys and, and your sentiments that you're talking about. Like, I was just absolutely impressed and, and frankly, confident in them throughout the game. Like, it really felt like they were in control. They weren't really sweating what the Raptors were doing. Even I mean, like Leif said, they really survived that, that uh, nine three-pointer outburst that the Raptors had in the first quarter, which was ridiculous. And you see the, this is going to be a constant theme, obviously, and it has been for the Heat for the past year, the, the variance in three-point shooting, right? And, and, their scheme being one that allows a lot of them. So uh, you, you get those first quarters and then, you know, you're aggressive to the mean. And, and I think it's less about the scheme and more about how you execute. And tonight they looked extremely de- decisive on both ends of the floor when executing that scheme. And then on offense, like you said, you know, being aggressive attacking the basket and, and in transition, like we haven't really seen that part from them this year. And no. they were just punishing mismatches. Like, I think we've been, Clamoring them for, I mean, to do like the Raptors played small for most of the game. And then at the end of the game, they were deploying lineups where they didn't even have Siakam out there and were going extra small. And the Heat, frankly, punished them for it. And they really haven't done like too much of that this year. They've been getting better and better and better. And uh, this is probably the best I felt about the team in a while. I think that, you know, those Warriors and Clippers losses had me in a dark place <laughs> with this team, but it felt good seeing them beat up on a, on a good team. I still think the Raptors are good and doing it on both ends of the floor.
0: You know, the thing about it, they looked to me like a team that had had a number of practices and they hadn't. Okay, but Eric Spolscher teams sometimes look different after a series of practices, which is something they haven't had a chance to do this season. But I do feel like what we saw was a little bit of the residual effect of them spending so much time together on the road, like they looked more connected. Uh, than they looked before right and Spolstra spoke about that but the connection like when we talk about chemistry it's not so much about guys going to dinner together they can't even do that this year it's just more so it manifests itself in kind of the way that they read each other on the floor the way that they help each other the way that they find each other and the way that they share the ball and they were doing that tonight consistently and again in transition which is not something we've seen a lot This year, They're not one of the better teams in the league in transition, but sometimes you have to play that way against Toronto because of Toronto's speed that they're going to force you to play that way at times. The other thing about it, and and look, I don't want to get too carried away again. They're still an under 500 team. Okay, but I think what you saw tonight is even as well as Kyle Lowry played and as well as Van Vliet played the Miami Heat most nights have a chance to have the two best players on the floor against most teams. And when they assert themselves, it's not so... Look, the numbers tonight weren't that far off from their averages. They were down on the turnovers from where they usually are. I mean, they were efficient. Uh, the rebounds, the blocks, the, the steals, everything. Okay, Jimmy was elite defensively, as was Bam. But, but to me, it's they knew when to assert themselves. I mean, whether it was the Bam spin move on Siakam, the drop step for the dunk later on, and then Jimmy, the threes... You know, it's funny. Greg, you and I talked about this the other night, that that video that was circulating on Twitter about him getting arc. And I was talking to somebody tonight about this who's always pushing him to shoot with more arc to pretend that there is a defender coming out on him he shot those first two threes with arc and then he did have a defender jumping out on him in the third one and shot it over him and looked confident doing it where like you felt better, like Olenek drove and dished it out to Jimmy for a three. And I'm like, okay, that's the way it should go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he looked smooth. He, he looked like he was feeling himself from three. And and that's, that's the kind of Jimmy Butler that you want to see more and more of. And I think you're right. Like, um, like to see Jimmy and bam, Play essentially to their averages, what you're starting to see is like with Dragic back in the lineup, that is such a huge lift, even though he was inefficient, just having his ability to to create to get to the free throw line, Andre Iguodala had a huge game. And this is another thing when we talk about the team looking more connected. Uh, if you look at the nine guys who played, I think it's probably safe to assume that if Tyler Hero was active or was available, he would have subbed in for Gabe Vincent. Mm-hmm. suppose landed on his nine guys. So that yep. that's clear. And so that, that I think that that also leans into the connected nature of the guys that are on the court.
0: Well, the difference is right. So he landed on his nine guys uh, because Bradley's gone out, right? Like uh, he had landed on his nine guys before the COVID thing and Bradley getting hurt. When you, when none was not part of the rotation, when Bradley was coming off the bench with, you know, with with Precious and with iguadala right and with Dragic and and you had because he put a Linux in the starting lineup and he had hero as a starter. Now you're right. OK, Vincent took the hero minutes tonight and actually did something with them really for the first time. OK, um, you know, Vin- Vincent always competes defensively tonight. He actually made some shots. And so that helped a lot. But yes, hero's going to take his minutes. And you see Kendrick is looks much more comfortable, Alex, as a distributor. And, and I think this this gets to what Greg's talking about here. And I think why Jimmy was able to pick his spot so well today is because he knows now a he's got Goron. So there's portions of the game he can just turn over to Goran. OK, that, that that Dragic is going to handle that. And Jimmy trusts him. But there's a little more trust with Kendrick now, too. So you actually kind of do have two point guards. Whereas a little while ago, it looked like they had none and Jimmy and Bam had to do all of it.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. And look, I was very skeptical on this podcast when this trend with Kendrick Dunn first started happening, when it was more than just about his shot coming back, which I think we all knew was going to happen. He's that's what he's been is a good shot maker in the league. And we've always been down on him for the rest of his game. And I think he's made improvements in every single aspect that we, that we've kind of honed in on. Like I think, he's always tried on defense he's always competed but to me like he just did a much better job of staying connected on defense and staying on to guys and going around screens and things that he struggled with in the past I'm not saying he you know he's a good defender but when he's not constantly getting beat and making other guys have to help and then you know which opens up three-point opportunities cuts etc I mean it just makes it so much easier for the rest of the team and Jimmy and Bam to not have to you know uh fix a bunch of holes I think like Kelly and Duncan did really good on defense too. Like they were very connected and, and, you know, it's going back to what we were talking about before, but I just thought like, especially that starting lineup just had an incredible effort on both ends. Kendrick Nunn, the biggest improvement has been the playmaking. And I'm not saying, you know, he's Goran Dragic as a playmaker yet, but he can, they're using him in the same sets that they were using Goran. Well, they'll have, you know, they'll have him come off a screen, bam rolls and Kelly pops to the three and he's just looking more confident in, in making those reads. He doesn't hesitate. And, you know, like, that's what they need. As long as he's doing the right thing, not doing too much. Like, he's he's been a positive starter for them.
0: You go back to the bubble last year. Um, I was told the story. I don't know if I've told this one on the pod. Kendrick came out of a timeout and forgot a set. And Eric basically told people around him, I'm not playing him anymore. <laughs> that That's where this thing was in the bubble last year. That's where Kendrick was. And now you see the trust level where he's getting 30 plus minutes a night. And, you know, even on a night where he was not efficient as a scorer not as efficient as he was, he made a positive impact, so they got positive impacts tonight against a good team. That's a good team, okay. Regardless of what their record was earlier in the year, they've played much better. Lowry fit back in seamlessly today. They found something by going small, not playing their bigs as much. Uh, other than Boucher, obviously they're starting Siakam now at the five. You know, so you know Aaron Baines is not playing as much. They cut Alex Len. Uh, th- that's a good team, I-, I think. Honestly, Greg, that and we'll, we'll talk about this more. After, I think that's a potential four-five matchup. Honestly, like. I, I, the way Boston's playing right now, um, and I don't really know if I trust Indiana, that could be the matchup in the playoffs like that would not surprise me at all. And, and to see again, Miami in that matchup had the uh, Kyle was great tonight. Okay. But in terms of uh, you can make the argument. The Heat had the best two players. And as long as that's the case, you're going to favor them in that particular series, especially Greg, because we don't even know that Kyle's going to finish yeah, the season. No.
1: So there's a couple of things here. One is that when you look at the entire pack of teams that Miami will be lumped in together with at the four, five, six, seven, eight, like the all those mm-hmm. teams in any playoff series, in any play-in tournament, you're right. Like Jimmy and Bam have um as a duo, they're going to be able to impose their will in ways that some of those other teams just don't have that kind of ammunition. But this also points to something else. And uh, it's something that you tweeted mid game, Ethan, and you talked about the heat becoming a team. Nobody wants to play this all the more to me signals that they um, need to be more aggressive at the deadline in finding a move that will make this, um, just elevate just slightly. I don't know that we necessarily need to see the big, the big move we were all hoping for now, the way that things are rounding out, but that's the next. All right. Well, we're going to, we're going to get to that after the break
0: because I I do want to touch on that because now we've gone to a different place where we felt like they needed to blow the thing up or at least make a significant tweak. And now it's, do you really want to mess with it? Which is a totally other conversation. So we're going to get into that briefly here at the end of the pod before we do want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network and that's our guy Mark over at U-Break Wheel Fix which is a wheel repair and refinishing company located right there in North Miami with 15 years of experience. They got one of my favorite Instagram accounts so make sure you check it out again it's U-Break wheel fix you can check out everything that they do there i feel like mark uses ig more than i do they fix bent or cracked wheels damaged on the streets of south florida they got fast turnaround times on most repairs they even offer the loaner wheels while they fix or refinish the wheels so you can keep your car on the road without interruption if your wheels are faded or peeling you brake wheel fix offers complete refinishing back to factory standards if you're just bored with the look of your wheels you brake wheel fix overs over offers over 5,000 finishes yes including the vice colors i don't know if they're going to have these new heat colors and the jerseys. We're not going to talk about those tonight because they're awful. Uh, but anyway, the vice is fine. To customize the look of your wheels, don't spend money on new wheels when you can renew them at U-Brake Wheel Fix, they offer a full line of custom wheels and tires for every vehicle application. So call them at 305-748-0112. That's 305-748-0112. Or again, check them out at ubreakwheelfix.com. And as with many of our local sponsors, we've got a promotion there. All you got to do is mention five reason sports. When you call, you receive 15% off anything you do there, repair, refinishing, anything. So 305-748-0112. Let's get to Greg's point here, Alex. Let's uh let's let's dive into this a little bit. We'll do more of this. I'm sure Clutch Corner is probably going to touch on this on Thursday night on the YouTube channel as well. I mean, we've we've talked about tweaking, we've talked about blowing it up. I don't think that blowing it up is necessary right now when you're kind of streaking for the fourth or fifth seed in the east. But One of the things we've talked about is trading a Kendrick Nunn or trading an Andre Iguodala or trading a Kelly Olenek, who I do, we we do have to acknowledge is I think two for his last 27 from three, although they seem to play well when he's out there, but do you make a move of any kind now? uh, You know, if this team is playing well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can't just, uh, you know, go from one end of the spectrum to the other, (laughs) like that quickly. Uh, even though I did say earlier in the pod that I, I just don't feel as bad as bad about them as I did before. But still, like, I just think this team is not is one that could use a trade. And and we've all we talked about last week, like favoring a guy like a Levine or or another big name player like that as a priority. But if you're just talking about, you know, trading for a four or trading for a couple of guys who can really uh, fill out the rotation. Like, I still think that's a smart idea if it's the right trade. Like, I don't think you force something. And and I'm still somebody who is still hesitant to trade a lot of their core guys. I'm not looking to just trade guys. I I would like to add to their core. I, I think that's kind of where I look at it, like adding some of these fours that we talked about to their existing core without having to trade away from them. And I know that sounds ideal and maybe naive, but that's where I'm at with this team. So maybe I'm not that far off
0: from you.
1: Greg, what do you think? No, I'm kind of with Alex there is that we can't get carried away and we can't one minute want wholesale changes and the next minute, say everybody needs to stay, even though I know that that is like the fans tendency. And, and even, you know, to us in terms of talking points, we can be up and down like that. But um, I I think that you've arrived at a place where um, whether it be a trade of some kind, like this is why you. Aligned all the contracts like Myers Leonard and not Goran Dragic for for trade purposes, but why it was aligned the way it was, the way Mo Harkless's contract was designed, the way that you have Kelly Olynyk as an expiring Andre Iguodala, the way his contract extension was designed, you have all these pieces so that you could craft the type of trade to make to to improve without gutting the core. To Alex's point, and then this is the other thing. Every time I start uh, to tap on the shoulders of, of some of my heat sources, I start to hear more and more that it's the buyout market that we should watch. Bobby Marks kind of indicated that again, um, on our episode recently too. So that could be the other Avenue that they, uh, make the addition.
0: I mean, if you look at a guy, someone we've talked about a lot, but probably should do more on him because he's going to be free here soon. You look at a guy like boogie cousins and you can see a potential short minute role for him in a game like tonight, even though, This is a team again in Toronto that went smaller, I I do think that there are certain circumstances in the game where you could use him particularly against certain teams. So you may be right. Maybe it's not, you know, giving up a core piece, but maybe it's just adding another piece to the rotation. I know Silva was available tonight, but, but obviously he hasn't really played very much this season. So that's certainly a roster spot that could be moved out. Um, I'm starting to come around on this, Greg. I, I do think that's probably where this is. I think the only thing I would say, and we, you know, Tim Bontemp said this on the pod with Alex and I very few buyout guys over the years have had positive effects. <laughs> usually, mm-hmm. usually, when a guy's bought out, there's a reason. Um, you know, the Mike Bibby experience, uh, I think, hits home for Heat fans. But do you see anybody else potentially, Alex? Other, I mean, we've talked about trades and the Rudy Gays of the world, the Thad Youngs of the world, where you have to actually give somebody up, maybe a Kendrick Nunn, which I don't know that you necessarily want to do now. Do you see another buyout candidate? Potentially,
2: yeah. So obviously, the one that's you know the two that have been talked about the most, especially amongst he Twitter, is uh, Blake uh, Griffin and now like you're talking about Demarcus Cousins. I-, I think both of them, like I said on another pod, are-, are just probably you know not great at this point. That's me being generous. I don't think they're they're very good players at this point. I would still give them a try. Like I- I'm not above cutting Chris Silva, and you know we're just talking about in a transactional. Uh, ask, you know, um what's the word I'm looking for? In a transactional sense, like, I think I'm fine with that, right? Letting go of Chris Silva to get one of those guys. I think another one that could come out that I think, it, like, if you could get a couple of these guys, I think that would be a W for them. I think that's a win. Like, if you can get Trevor Ariza, for example, who uh hasn't been playing for OKC, was dealing with personal issues there. And if he becomes available, I think that's somebody who uh, didn't play well last year, did play well the year before, and could fill in some of those four minutes. And who knows, even if he plays well enough, you know, Spo will give him the starting lineup, even if it's a, a short minute role like Myers had. Like, I think that's and maybe that's me, you know, coming up with scenarios. But I think like if you can get a couple of those guys for cheap and especially with some of the, um, you know, some of the avenues they have to adding players, I think that would probably be cool.
1: I, I also think that there's probably a handful of guys that we haven't even identified yet that will become mm-hmm. available that like uh, you're going to see teams that are, out of it eventually comes to the point where they cut bait and and there's even you know an influx of uh buyout options that maybe aren't the biggest of names but guys that could help the heat and uh i know ethan you just mentioned that buyout candidates and 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 uh them not necessarily uh being so fruitful but uh let's not forget joe johnson baby well until the player Birdman.
0: Well, but no, but Birdman wasn't a buyout candidate. Birdman was only available because of the issues that they had to investigate. Joe Johnson was oh, yeah. terrific. I mean, I don't want to pour cold water on this, but like Joe Johnson was terrific until the playoffs, and then he fell off a cliff. But I, I, I. a yeah, Mike be series. I, but I get what you guys are saying. Look, here's the other thing. There are buyout candidates we haven't identified yet because sometimes buyout candidates are players who are traded just to make deals work, and those deals haven't happened yet. So we don't really know who those guys are going to be beyond some of the ones we've talked about. You know
2: the last name that was floated recently? Mm -hmm. How about um, Hassan Whiteside?
0: Okay, we're going to end right there. Um, make sure you check out bestever.com, bstev rcom You won't be back tomorrow. Uh, just kidding. Um, youbreakwheelfix.com. Again, use the code. We uh, mentioned five reasons. You'll get 15% off anything you do there. And, of course, we talk about prize picks and MyBookie. We now have the same code for both. The code for both is 5-F-I-V-E. F-I-V-E. Uh, MyBookie, I decided to play the under today. So, those late Norman Powell free throws. Anyway, good win for the heat. Have a good night. Hassan Whiteside, Alex.
1: Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network.